because I have some new friends that feel like old friends, uh, let me put long-term friends. <laughs> uh, and I want to introduce to you my guests on today's show. I want to make sure I'm pronouncing this right. Pastor Shanick Bannett and Corey Rice. Yep, I just want to right. put her name the same way twice, Shanick. So, but I love <laughs> the name. So anyway, welcome. We're so glad to have you both. Yeah. Yeah. So Thank glad you. to be here. Yay. For and sure. I yeah, and we recently all met at a conference at your church, at Church on the Hill in Flo- Floyd Knobs, Indiana. I have to really think right. on that. I don't know why. Do you know I'm an Indiana girl? I'm from West Los Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, this is, um, yeah, the treatment. Wow. My wife went to Purdue. Went to Purdue? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so high school, all of that. So, yeah, I still have relatives in Indiana. So there you go. So it's a thing. So I might have to come visit you again. Absolutely. Yeah. I hope so. It was fabulous. But anyway, we met up at a, an incredible conference uh, and uh, really life changing with Paul Young and Jamie Ungerhard and the team and and you guys and the incredible worship that you had there. And I just knew we had to connect. And I, I remember I went to the the Sunday morning uh, time and I've just I want to look at this because I want to make sure that I quoted it. Uh, right, that I'm quoting it right here. And I think, Corey, you said something, life is better connected. Mm-hmm. And I thought, yeah, that's good. You know, that reminds me of, you know, Jesus's prayer that we would be one. Is he and the father are one, him and us and us and him, that we would be together in one, like one is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And um, so many of the people that I run into um, have, are just really struggling with connection. And you guys do it well, like really, I, 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 I was attending. I thought I'm home. Hmm. Right. And if I didn't have to fly to be with you, I would be checking you out every week. Cause you guys are awesome. You guys know how to do this. And I thought, wow, I want you guys to come on and kind of explain your heart on this. So thank you for that. So let me dive in um, and I'm going to introduce you kind of formally first. We kind of talked about uh, you being pastors at, I want to church on the hill. I always want to say city. Hill on the city. Hill, hill city. city church. Thank hill you. city. Yeah. Feel free to correct me at any time because there's <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Just dive right in. It's, we're all friends here. It's all good. So I wanted to read your bios a little bit and so people can sort of get an idea of kind of what you're about. And Shannon, uh, yours is uh, kind of more about the church, but I thought this is such a thing with connection. And uh, and here it is. And you kind of acted like, what is our bio? It's really good. So this is not going <laughs> to be, this will lead into what we're talking about. It says, we exist to connect people to life. Uh, we believe Jesus reveals who God has always been, a loving, graceful, passionate father who is not mad at us, hallelujah, but mad about us. A God with love in his eyes as he has never once crossed his arms towards you. Instead, his arms are wide open to welcome you home to his embrace. He's the type of God that lights up when you walk in the room and doesn't care about all the reasons for why you think you're not worthy of his love, a love you can experience today. 
but I oh, could. Well, that's really good. I, yeah, like, <laughs> did you write that? I mean, it probably just. Uh, I, Corey probably Corey probably wrote that for me. Yeah. Uh, probably to convey what we are really all about here at Hill City. Uh, but what that doesn't convey is uh, a little bit of personal information. So if I could just real quick. Uh, so I've been a part of Hill City my entire life, and we can get into that a little bit later in the podcast. Uh, but my parents were the founding pastors here. So I literally have been here uh, all 43 years of my life. And now I'm now leading this uh, amazing uh, collection and community of people. So it's pretty awesome. Uh, I married my high school sweetheart. We've been together for 25 years married for 20. We have four, uh, four, I don't want to use too many adjectives to describe them, but uh, let's just say uh, amazing boys that are full of energy and full of life. Uh, Isaac, Malachi, Titus, and Jude, they're 17, 15, 11, and nine. And I really am all about family and uh, the importance of not only my family, but the family that we've built uh, here in this place. So I would say that probably would give you enough information um, to get to know me just just a little bit and where my heart is and what I what I truly do love. So I love that. And that is all about connection. Corey, did you want to introduce yourself or do you want me to read your little? Go ahead. I don't know what you're going to say. So, okay, well, then here it is. (laughs) You on your website, you says, so welcome to my world. I'm a husband, father, pastor and author. I hope to take you on an adventure of provoking thoughts failures and frustrations and raising myth misfits with incredible with an incredible Ukrainian babe that's so adorable who was rescued from an orphan the orphan system but beware I love this part so just strap in I'm blunt cynical and sarcastic I'm a washed up hockey player who poops with the door open and loves guacamole let's dialogue yep yep that's <laughs> I forgot that was written so yes, that is so that is, is me yeah. there's some personalities shining through and some freedom yep uh and just a love of of truth and connection and was there anything else that you wanted to add yeah so my wife's name is Juliet she uh, is from Ukraine uh, she was adopted when she was 16 so that's why that was said about it. We got three kids, an eight-year-old boy, Henry, a six-year-old girl, Scarlett, who turned seven in a week and a half. And then our one-year-old son, Zion, who is our miracle baby, uh, wasn't supposed to live outside the womb. So we're just uh, enjoying, I use the word enjoying, but yeah, just living. (laughs) Yeah. I've been a part of Hill City for, uh, this is my 11th year. uh, And I love, I love serving, like Shannon said, this community. So yeah, it's, it's, that's so great. And, and that was one thing that was so beautiful. The community was just beautiful and, uh, and welcoming, you know, we're not looking for perfection, but we are looking for connection yeah. and, um, and that was so palpable and so many people are, are suffering, you know, we're in a, we're in weird times, right? Crazy times. Uh, where there's so much division, you know, we just came out of COVID, uh, and then you have all the political and social and, and stuff within the church. And then you have this whole deconstruction movement, um, that has left a lot of people isolated and, um, and we were wired for connection. So, you know, what would you guys say? And either one of you can pop in. I was just going to look at my first question since I sent them to you and didn't want to throw any curveballs at you. Uh, so what was, what, what would you like to sort of expand upon this, this need for connection? 
um, and how we're wired for it. Yeah. So I'll just jump in real quick. Um, I think that uh, one of the mottos and one of our core values here at Hill City is uh, we do not do life alone because we do understand that we were meant for connection. And of course, we can we can get like theological with this and go all the way back to uh, the story that we find in Genesis, the the creation story with Adam and, and what God said that after he created Adam, that uh, it was it was good, but man was not meant to live alone. And so he created Eve. And we can even go back as beginning of that in our story and talk about how um, how we need that that connection. And we weren't meant to live in isolation. But all the things that you mentioned, um, the division, where we're at in society, uh, people even walking through the deconstruction of what they were, you know, uh, indoctrinated with uh, from an early age. A lot of time people do feel very, very alone. Um, but one thing that that we decided and I specifically decided very early on is that we were going to be a place of inclusion that we weren't going to exclude. And one of the things, and I'll just jump right into this too, that has, I won't say got us in trouble, but maybe has labeled us a certain type of way in the Louisville area mm-hmm. uh, is some of our outlook on not only theology, but our outlook on how we really view every single person, because I really do see every single person on the planet as a child of God. I just believe that some of them just don't necessarily know that that is their true identity. Um, I have had an opportunity to, and especially since 2018, to extensively travel all over the world from the Middle East to India, to Europe, to South America, Central America. And as you get around other people, other cultures, um, other beliefs, just different, um, unique people, you get to see them for who they truly are. And you get to see the beauty in that. And that actually brings down those walls of division when you can start to see people that like that. And we've gotten labeled a certain kind of way because we do treat everyone as a son and daughter, as a child of God. And it goes back to to Paul on Mars Hill in Acts 17. Yeah. He's up there and he's he's yeah. preaching and he, you know, he says in him we lo- move and have our being. I'm not going to say the whole story, but then he goes on to say, for we are all God's offspring. And he's speaking to a group, what we would say would be pagan people that they're God's offspring, they're God's children. And um, I just think that very early on, well, and this might sound funny too, but um, there was an old television sitcom back in like the 80s called Cheers. Oh, yeah. And I remember growing up watching that and just yeah. like always enamored with like that culture. Like here it is a bar and people come in and they get up uplifted and they get encouraged and even thinking the, about the theme song, right? Everybody wants to go where they know their name, like someone knows their name. Wow. Um, we want to go where we can see our troubles are all the same. Like wow. this idea of belonging and the sense of yeah. including and encouraging and something that I feel like has been at the forefront of what I wanted to try to build and establish in the culture here that we're not going to be a, a people that exclude for any type of I'm going to actually throw it to Corey real quick, because when he came on board in 2012, he really helped develop language around this, because here's the thing. I, um, as I said, I've been here my entire life, but I'm just a country boy. Like you were here in Floyd's Knobs, Indiana. It is very rural <laughs> and it is the countryside of uh, Louisville. <laughs> yes. Um, 
Beautiful. And, uh, <laughs> it is. It is beautiful. But I've only known like this place. I've only known family. I didn't know what it was like to not include people because we grew up on a farm and you just went to neighbors and you borrowed stuff and you explored in the woods and you explored and hung out at neighbors that no one ever asked where you were. or No one said you're, you don't belong here. No one ever said, you know, you're not welcome here. Like that's just what I grew up with. And then the older I got realizing that there are people that exclude, there are people that want to divide over differing beliefs or whatever the case may be. And so I said, no, I'm going to, I'm going to try to establish something, but Corey came on board and really helped us develop language with this. And one of the first things that he helped me develop and really begin to speak first, because sometimes, you know, you, you speak and to what you want to establish before it's even established in that creating of the culture you want. And what he would say is he would get up on stage and he would say, you don't even have to believe what we believe to belong. And that's how we actually opened every single service for probably, I don't even know, two or three years. Um, and we were just setting that tone that we are going to be people that include and welcome um, so maybe that is a little bit, Catherine, what you felt when you walked in here, like that's just kind of what we've established, uh, over the last decade for sure. Yeah, that's beautiful. Honestly, that's probably the most encouraging thing you could have ever said to us because we know we want to be a church and a community of connection and offering opportunities for people to connect, but we don't always know that it's working because we're well connected, but right? that's not what every, everybody feels when they come into this place. So it was really encouraging to hear you say that that was what you felt from a two-hour experience with us. So really. bravo. Yeah, well, bra- yeah, you. I mean, but, <laughs> and I think the thing is that is really outstanding is that it is actually relatively rare and we yeah. need to learn to do it Unfortunately. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm thrilled that you guys have this and have created this and come from that kind of community. But, you know, I mean, I I do a lot of coaching and and people, people are isolated. They're alienated, just period. And then within the church world, we're bickering over doctrine as if we gather around a doctrine versus a person right? being sons and daughters who may not even know we're sons and daughters yet, but there's something that's drawing us. So I love that. I love that. So Corey, how, how did you uh, kind of come into this way of thinking? It's been a process. Honestly, I'm very educated uh, prior to even coming to this place. And so like you've probably heard Jamie say it all the time, the hardest thing to do is to learn, unlearn and relearn. And that has been my process. Thank God I've had Shannick and other people that we've you know, had that space to contemplate, question, doubt, study, converse, Mm -hmm. figure out, believe, no longer believe that specific thing, believe new things. And so it's just been a constant open journey that uh, requires, I've learned how to be vulnerable. I've learned how to not just feel things, but understand my feelings and why I feel certain things and being, being okay with negative feelings for a season or learning how to grieve, so to speak, grieving what was grieving, what I thought would be grieving, what I thought even church and my relationship with Jesus was supposed to look like, cause it's drastically different mm-hmm. now in this space. So yeah, it's, I just think it's, it, it requires safety mm-hmm. and everybody's journey is different and based on their own lived experiences. And when we deny other people's lived experiences, regardless if it's producing fruit or truth, whatnot, then we're denying those people, so to speak, cause you know, what people believe it depends on the, you know, how they view themselves, honestly. And so, yeah, it's just creating that safe space that gives you that opportunity and space to grow and, and doubt and whatnot. So 
Yeah. yeah, that's really how I've come in this journey. So, and that's great because then you invite people into that safe place to ask the you know irreverent questions or the stupid yeah. questions, which are not, they're none of those, but um, yeah. which is where 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 it meets us where we live. Yeah, uh, and that's incredible. That's transformational. Wow, I love that. Yeah. Um, and, and having that, you know, I know you both know Nate Blouse and, you know, his, his, uh, sort of tagline is that, you know, healing can begin when, where safety is known. And a lot of people need to heal, not only in their just relationships in a person, but in their relationship with God and the relationship with their faith and their, in their relationship with themselves. And there has to be a safe place to grapple with those things. So that's, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So how, how for you guys, have you seen, you know, we talked about the deconstruction movement, COVID political, social division. Um, how have you seen that impact? How you guys have been, how you guys have navigated how you're doing life and how you're doing, uh, you know, the, the church community, uh, how has that impacted you guys? And, or what have you seen? Anybody can dive in. Yeah, sorry. I'll jump in there real quick. So especially through COVID, just um, how we used to do our connection piece was very much a small group model, life group model. COVID shut all that down in an instant. And um, moving on from there, as we began to come back together and connect, uh, even though in this community specifically, we were connecting outside of the doors still, <laughs> whether it was wise to do so or not. I mean, looking back, I guess it was wise uh, that it was okay that we were doing that and trying to connect uh, in people's homes and making time for people in the in the parks or outside or still doing those connection pieces. But as as time went on, we did hear from a lot of people that did feel very alone and isolated. And now the few years that we've kind of got back into routine and got back into uh, coming together and gathering again, one of the things that that we keep hearing is we we want more, I guess, opportunities for those friendships to be developed, and so it's it's been a, it's been a wild journey because um, we've tried literally everything to uh, facilitate those opportunities so that connection can happen, and it's funny and maybe this is your experience too or what you've seen or heard from other people, Catherine, but. Um, the people that have really begged for connection the most, once we create those opportunities are the people that never come and show up to any of those things mm-hmm. that we're trying to provide for them, um, which is a little, <laughs> yeah. And so, so uh, it, it's so baffling and frustrating. Uh, and really it's just been, been that journey, um, of figuring out what works, what doesn't work. We've, we run a season for over a year, we, we said, okay, let's scrap that. We're trying something different and we're, we're just going to base everything now on activities. And so, uh, to be honest, we, we did want a space to include everyone. So our activities groups included, uh, a monthly poker night. Uh, they included a monthly bourbon tasting night. We had like three groups that were, uh, wine tasting and bringing in people to do, you know, wine connoisseurs that would do the tastings or making trips to wineries, uh, we have a walking group. Like, so we've tried a lot of that too. Uh, now, as you can imagine, the the bourbon group is going pretty well. The wine tasting yeah. group is going pretty well. 
<laughs> and people will come out uh, once a month to those things and, and really connect and, and have conversation and, and, and that. But um, other than that, a lot of people in all of these groups that say, well, this is what we want to do that they just don't show up. But I'll, I'll say it's not going to detour us from trying to facilitate those opportunities for connection. Now we can facilitate the opportunities for people to connect, but that doesn't mean I'm going to walk hand in hand and help people develop the friendships because that's where right. I, the work is. And honestly, that's been a process for me because I'm such a high relational guy and it's easy for me to make, um, make friends uh, in, in a very quick way. And sometimes within a matter of minutes or a matter of hours, someone thinks now I'm their best friend. And that's just how I've been wired and how I've been my entire life. <laughs> mm -hmm. But then we get people that don't really have the skills to, to develop those fr friendships or relationships. But that's where that culture of inclusion and welcoming comes in because we're going to create those atmospheres for people to be themselves, whether they're socially awkward or not, I'm just going to say it, yeah, um, sure. or whether they have a problem with friendships or developing friendships. Cause there, there's a, we recognize, and we've taught on this, like that people have that past, they have those traumas. And we spend a lot of time talking about emotional health and, and all that goes in with that. I think on Sundays in our messages, um, so much so that people are aware that people do have hurts and traumas and experiences. So then That's there's a lot more grace. <laughs> yeah. So then there's a lot more grace for those, for those people that are craving connection and relationship, but maybe they just don't know how to go about really being that friend or, or having those close friendships that they so long for and so desire. And so here recently, we've heard uh, actually a lot of testimonies of people, you know, really starting to finally connect now a few years post COVID. Um, uh, and so that's been, that's been really, really good. Yeah. But, but what we've seen is just, uh, that people know it's a need and people sometimes long for it, but a lot of times they're not willing to just do the first step, which is just to show up. And I think sometimes too, you know, when people are hurt, you have this, you're really double-minded because you crave it. I mean, we need, we need relationship and love like we need air, but when relationship and love quote unquote has been painful, yeah. right. Yeah. You have this push pull. So I want it, yeah. but no, I don't. Right. I want it, but I'm freaking out. And that's kind of where the wholeness piece comes in. It sounds like you've got stuff. Yeah. Dive in, Corey. Well, because so that's all true, what Shanek said. But honestly, and he's going to agree with me as soon as I say this, what changed it all was an episode of Ted Lasso, which if you don't watch that show, I think you should, even though it's got a lot of profanity in it. It's an amazing show. <laughs> but there's so this amazing. there's this scene. There's this scene where he, it, they're in a bar and they're playing darts and he uses this phrase and he said, it is basically confronting the guy that challenged him that if he was more curious, he wouldn't have challenged him to a game of darts because he was an amazing dart player. And he says, be judgment or uh, be curious, less judgmental. And that was kind of a phrase that we've adopted as a church. Even when you talk about the destruction or deconstruction movement, when you talk about people and their faith journeys or faith crises, when you talk about people trying to connect, the reason for why a lot of that stuff doesn't happen or happens is because of a lack of curiosity on our part. We're such a dogmatic group of people. And when I say group of people, I mean like Christians and I'm one of them. And I was one of those uh, that we turn people off 
uh, mm-hmm. because we don't have the right answers for the the genuine deconstructive questions. We don't have safe spaces for people to get emotionally healthy. And therefore, no one really wants to connect because we're so judgmental in everything that we say and do. And I would say that most of us, even on a, a political conversation, spiritual conversations, mm-hmm. most of us have way more in common than we do, th- than we disagree on. And then we focus on the those 10%. And what happens is we're not curious about why people have those views from those 10% that we disagree on, that we never actually grow and are curious about where they came to that conclusion or why they came to that conclusion. And I think that is what is the biggest kicker and has changed my life drastically, has changed Shannon's life drastically, has changed the life of our churches because we use that language of being curious and being okay with not always providing answers. That, oh gosh, that's so brilliant. And that what, what's, what's beautiful about that is that if you're genuinely curious about, well, where you've been, where have you, what's your story? Yeah. Uh, and then how did you come to this conclusion about how you view God, you view whatever? Um, what that does is, is it, it honors the other person so that they're there to share because we have such a hard time listening, right? Uh, particularly sometimes as believers, we got to get them saved. We got to get them to jump through the hoop and say the prayer and say the magic words and all that, um, that we're not really engaging with the person. Yeah. And that's really what, what Jesus modeled when he was on the planet. That, wow. That is, inc- I love that curiosity. That is great. That'll preach. So yeah, what was the oh, movie absolutely. again? Given the it, fact it's that- a TV show. It's, it's a Ted show. Lasso. Oh, sorry. Ted yeah. Lasso. Okay. I'm going to have to check that out. It's on Apple TV. There's it's only on- three seasons oh. and on Apple TV. On and Apple. I will say that the whole thing is a journey about like emotional health and um, it'll give you so many like new, t- new tools for your tool belt. Like it has been an amazing, amazing show. And like Corey said, there is a lot of profanity. If you can get past that, like the, the points of the show and what they bring out is uh, I've actually used video clips from that in staff training in uh, just counseling with people and encouraging people because it's actually pretty, pretty tremendous. Some of the things that they bring up. Now we'll say this too, from what Corey was saying right there, mm-hmm. there's another mantra. And I've talked about the one that he came with. You don't have to believe what we believe to belong. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another one that has really been a mantra over the last three years, especially since COVID. And it's just because we disagree doesn't mean we have to disassociate. And, <laughs> and that's something that, that our people hear a lot. And, but even though they hear it, I will still say that there are some people that can't get over that hurdle <laughs> and they still do disassociate, yeah. uh, because of some disagreements, um, whether it is, you know, um, you know, just whether it's theology, belief systems, yeah. you know, systems in general, how we operate or, or whatever the case may be. And, and I get that that's going to happen sometimes, but, but we really try to get to the point like, Hey, relationships matter. Experiences matter. Just because someone has a differing belief or sees things a little bit different than you, you can still learn from every single person that you yeah. encounter. And so don't disassociate just because you disagree maybe with where they're at. Yeah. Well, that that, that curiosity lens though, that curiosity lens is also, there's been several families that have left because we've been open to curiosity because a lot of people don't like not knowing or having answers to certain specific questions and they're not okay with curiosity. So we've learned the hard way with that too. So it's not, we might be able to teach on this stuff and it might be amazing and prophetic and all this stuff, but there are consequences to that as well. Well, 
and and everywhere you go, I mean, you know, it's you can't you can't people please. You want to love, right. but you can't people please. I mean, the truth is, what's so funny about that is that I disagree with myself regularly. So you know, <laughs> I would be dissociated. I'd have so many parts that I'd have to come and like help me out. But I mean, the bottom line is, if we there's so much we don't know, but there's the biggies we can know, right. and relationship, connection, love, honor are huge ones that we can gather around. So, okay. Well, you I, just said that, hold on. I'm, I'm going to say something. Cause you just oh, said something uh, going back to what Shannon said and what you just said. Yeah. My inability to honor people in the midst of disagreement speaks way more about who I am as a person and what I believe. And so, yeah, just to piggyback that, like my ability to honor you in spite of our disagreement is really, really important. And that's what we try to carry as really a core characteristic of who we are. I love that. That is so great. Wow. Well, we're kind of at our halfway point. And I think what I'll do is we'll um, go ahead and wrap this one up. Uh, but before I, before we sign up for this part, cause I, I want to bring you back for part two. Uh, did any final comments you wanted to make to kind of wrap this portion up? And it's well, like- I, I would just like to say, well, I didn't say this earlier, Catherine, thank you so much for inviting yeah. us and having us and wanting to connect <laughs> yeah. with, with us and having That's- us connect with you and your audience. And so I appreciate that. And and I think for your audience, um, what I think the the, the point and, and where we're moving to in this conversation is really just being open instead of closed. And, and I think as you open yourself up to relationship, open your heart up to trusting again, and I know there's a process with that, but, but in that there, there's so many beautiful things that happen through connection. There are things that, that you need from other people, but there are things that other people need from you. And you're never going to fully be, I think, walking out your full purpose, which is just to love in the greatest way possible if you don't have those connections with people. And so, uh, yeah, community, community is important and important. And so I think wherever that needs to be for you, you need to find a group of people, uh, a community that you can belong to, um, because belonging, and, and you brought up this idea of love and belonging, and, and we can get into this in, in the next part. Uh, but Maslow's, um, he has a hierarchy of needs for every single person in every single community, and number three on that list is love and belonging. It's an, such an important thing that we all need in our life. And uh, I think it takes that first step to be open and be curious and 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 have a mindset that you understand you you do need other people in your life. Absolutely. Corey, did you want to piggyback? Nope. Good. Good. You Let's amen. seal it. Yeah. <laughs> Done. All right. Echo. So uh, let me make, so uh, let me just ask you, have you, uh, to ask, tell people where they can find you uh, for this episode in case they don't get to episode two. So if you guys want to just share a little bit about where people can find you and then we'll, um, we'll sign out and go on to the next part. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I was just going to say, you can find us both of us specifically at two pastors and a mic uh, on our podcast, anywhere you listen to podcast at Uh, we've been having a really good time with that dissecting some uh, theological truths, but also uh, we've been sharing our journey to, uh, to full out mental health uh, and and what that has entailed for us and what it takes um, to truly live uh, the abundant life that Jesus calls us to. But yeah, two pastors and a mic. You can also find our church, Hill City at hillcity.tv. It's not .com, it's .tv. Um, 
where else, Corey? What else? Uh, I, you're not really on social media, but no, I'm, I'm really on social not. media, Facebook, <laughs> Instagram, TikTok. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fabulous. Yep. All right. Well, go find them. And you really do need to just, just, just trust me, go, go check out their podcast Two pastors and a mic. Awesome. I've, I've been enjoying it and they're, it's kind of nice because they're kind of short so you can do it. And then you just have, you just, I, I recommend you binge listen. That's what I, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Binging's good. <laughs> yes. Binging's good. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm going to sign out. Thank you guys so much. And thank you. We'll talk in just a little bit again. And uh, everybody, make sure you share this with your peeps. All right. So goodbye, everybody. Thank you for joining. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit catherinetoon.com.